Better Banking is getting an unbelievable 0.99% APR rate on a home equity line of credit from First Commonwealth Bank to turn your bathroom into your, wow, I love this bathroom, bathroom. 0.99% introductory APR for six months that adjusts to a variable rate based on Wall Street Journal prime rate plus or minus a margin with a minimum rate of 2.99% and a maximum rate of 18%. Offer subject to change or withdrawal at any time. Call 1-800-711-2265 for details about credit costs and terms. Equal housing lender, First Commonwealth Bank, member FDIC. On this episode of DC On Screen, we are talking about the last two parts of Crisis on Infinite Earths. I'm so excited. I'm mm-hmm. still excited. Mm-hmm. We're going to talk about it right after this. Better Banking is getting an unbelievable 0.99% APR rate on a home equity line of credit from First Commonwealth Bank to turn your bathroom into your, wow, I love this bathroom, bathroom. 0.99% introductory APR for six months that adjusts to a variable rate based on Wall Street Journal prime rate plus or minus a margin with a minimum rate of 2.99% and a maximum rate of 18%. Offer subject to change or withdrawal at any time. Call 1-800-711-2265 for details about credit costs and terms. Equal housing lender, First Commonwealth Bank, member FDIC. Welcome into DC On Screen, episode 578. I'm your host, David C. Robertson. This is my trusty co-host, Jason. Hello, hello, hello. This is DC On Screen, where we discuss the DC Comics multiverse of film and television, give honest opinions on projects upcoming and past, and believe that every version of a property is valid, even if we do not want it to be. If it's been released, it's fair game, so beware of spoilers, and welcome to the show. All right, so we've got we've got Crisis, man. Yes. What? What? What, what the hell? <laughs> came and it went. It was glorious. I came and went. I know. <laughs> I, I, I know. <laughs> it was. This was fantastic. There was a lot of hype, and uh, man, I, I felt pretty satisfied. Pretty yeah, damn satisfied. I I did too. Um, I mean, you know, not like a hundred percent. There was a lot of uh, you know, a lot of stuff that I. I wanted to see, and uh, a lot of stuff I didn't get to see, which is fine. You know, can't have all the things. No. I don't want to be an entitled fan piece of shit. No. I mean, you, there, there's, sure, there's other things that could have been done. And they tried some of those things that you're probably thinking. Mm-hmm. But not all of it was able to be materialized. And what we did get was, to me, to me, personally, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. this was one of the greatest production achievements in television history. I would agree with that, yeah. The, uh, getting done what that team got done is phenomenal. Nothing short mm-hmm. of heroism. Yeah, I agree with that. I, it, I if they that. all retired tomorrow, I would just serve them my ties myself. <laughs> <laughs> buy my own plane ticket to get down there. Buy my own set of board shorts that I'm not going to fit into right now, and and mm-hmm. serve them drinks. Yeah, happy. No, there are a couple of things I want to talk about specifically. Yeah, I mean, this is going to be one of those where we bounce around and we try to catch everything. And we're not going to catch everything because a lot happens. So just, you know. We're, we're not. And we'll talk about up. it in subsequent episodes. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. We're still going to be um, kind of geeking out about it. Yeah, because you know, there's a lot of news coming out and stuff. Uh, for instance, um, <laughs> one of the things that broke uh, right after was that basically Warner Brothers wanted Ezra Miller in this thing. Yeah. Um, and when Ezra showed up, I, I was genuinely naive about it. You had been spoiled a little bit, but I, mm-hmm. I, I had no idea. I, I went through a lot of trouble to not have an idea, but I didn't, I managed to go in and be unspoiled. So I saw that I literally dropped what I was holding, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> dropped what I was holding, pulled my chair back from my desk, stood up and said, no, 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 fucking no. God. Yes. 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 
It was something like that. I can't remember. <laughs> yeah. And I made sounds that I didn't make when my own child was being born. No, yeah, no. Yeah. And you know, look, I, I was spoiled. And I did the same thing. Like, and I, I was spoiled uh, no less by Instagram. Like, DC, the DC Comics account on Instagram. Oh. Like, Instagram is quickly, like, growing to a point where I just, I don't think of it for that kind of thing. I was like, I'm going to stay off of Twitter, but I'm going to go into Instagram and check my account. You know, check my likes and stuff. Surprise, bitch. And, like, the first thing I see is, like, Grant Gustin turning around and Ezra Miller is there. And I'm like... I don't know, man. I, I had the same reaction that I've heard, you know, a lot of other people describe. Yeah. Like, I had, like, a strange bout of shock, some disbelief, and yeah. then, like, euphoria followed by, like, unmitigated glee. Like, <laughs> yes. I started screaming. My wife was like, what? What? I'm like, oh, 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 no. Oh, this is awesome. Because we were, like, waiting for, for it to drop on the app or on, uh, you know... CWTV, whatever. Yeah. But yeah, so apparently Guggenheim says that uh, WB boss Peter Roth called and says, I know you're locked, but can you put Ezra into the crossover? And Guggenheim said, yes. <laughs> I've, I've read this part. I like it. And Roth said, well, how? Your series wrapped. You're wrapped with the crossover. And Guggenheim says, yeah, I know. But if you're telling me Ezra Miller can be in the crossover, I can make it happen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I will bend heaven and earth. Do not, yeah. do not doubt me. Yeah, and I don't know how many people were paid overtime to come back to Vancouver for like ten seconds. Uh, well, uh, who knows? But yeah, actually, no, that's not true. According to some of the reports from people, a lot of the crew stays in Vancouver. It's just the cast that gets flown in. But still, mm. you no. Know, this this person uh, who who did the interview uh, on Var- with Variety, Marissa Rothman, I think she got a little confused. Because she says combining the multiverse made it so that there was only one version of each hero left. Does that mean Miller's Flash no longer exists in the DC television world? No. Yeah, that was that was that's not a real thing. Right there. I saw it's that. Not too. a real thing. Did you watch the last like ten seconds of the? Damn, uh, uh. Yeah, no. It's it's clearly not how things are going. No, there is a multiverse. Uh, we 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 got Hecklin. We got Ralph. Ralph is back. His yellow is back on the on the. On the shield. He has hope again. He's, I don't know. He's reaving it up. There above are the questions earth. about to what extent that's that universe has been changed. Let's mm-hmm. put it that way. But this is the this is the reason I bring up that I even bring up the question because Guggenheim's answer is I will leave that question to Warner Brothers in DC. They have a wonderful vision for not just Ezra's flash, but also the entire DC universe. Jim Lee is the man to talk to. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What the hell? Well, Jim Lee. I, isn't he like chief creative officer right now? Yeah, but huh? the entire DC universe, they have a, I know. and, and I mean, that they've got plans, they've got visions and shit. Like, and, uh, and I don't know what that means it, either. It, I don't, I do know. I don't, yeah. I do know that I'd bet you money that the fact that Ezra learned about the name, the flash here sticks. Oh yeah. I don't yeah. know if anything else will. He might even mention, well, I mean, I saw kind of, I mean, uh-huh. a friend, maybe he might mention it, but I think, yeah, I think that version of him getting the name is is gonna be canon in the movies. Oh, yeah, like Guggenheim in a different interview said that they went back and forth pretty, pretty, uh, <laughs> sorry, pretty rigorously. I should mention I have called Guggenheim a liar on many occasions. on On this in this scenario, I, I I actually don't distrust him at all. I think he's giving us the yeah. I think he's shooting straight this one this time. I mean, Guggenheim lies. 
either one because they were planning on doing something and he was excited about it and then it wound up not being able to happen. Mm-hmm. That happens. Hey, or showrunner troubles, man. I mean, it's what happens. Two, too many people got too close to what was actually going to happen and you have to lie to keep the surprise. The cheers effect. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I, you know, <laughs> we have called him a liar several times. Yeah, but, I, but I'm, I'm smelling no malice there, on this man. one. Not I, for I, me. I think he's, I think he's, yeah, I'm good with it. Um, but yeah, he says that um, they went back rigorously to make sure that they weren't stepping on the toes, quote unquote, of, as he put it, the Flashpoint movie they're developing, mm-hmm. which is funny because Andy Muschietti came out and said that it was going to involve Flashpoint, but not in the way you're expecting. So now we have Guggenheim just outright saying the Flashpoint movie. Oh, okay, cool. <laughs> What? <laughs> I, I think. All right. I've thought about it. I think that's a matter of emphasis. Like for for Guggenheim, the important point was he was using the, the you know the the crux of the idea of Flashpoint in what he was doing. Mm-hmm. And for the writers of the movie, whose names I've currently forgotten because there have been twelve dozen, um, mm-hmm. the writers of the current product in the movie universe are not necessarily focused on making it a flashpoint movie, but he was using that primarily as his uh, touchstone. So I, I it, for me, I get it. But yeah, so I, I, I've seen so many people, so many different types of people um, complaining about, uh, no, they're not the same. They're not a lot of different types of people. They're pretty much the same type of people <laughs> who are complaining that Ezra Miller is now in CW. <laughs> like and, they made the CW the trash, ah, the trash I DC mean, property is now part of the DCU canon. Yeah, that's right. Here's here's I'm the happy thing. for it. On <laughs> I'm happy with it because I, I like both properties. CW definitely has its problems, and there's there's qual there are quality issues that I would for sure love to see done a different way. Mm. All day. Every show. I can I can name you something on every show that I wish was done differently. That's I, I would say that for every show and movie. Exactly. That's a subjective reading though. And I'm it's not like <laughs> I don't consider the CW complete trash as some people do. And what, but what I do for sure think is that it, nothing really changed for you. If you're a person who was watching the movies and exclusively watching the movies and you thought the CW itself was trash and you never saw this mm-hmm. and you didn't see the series of posts, nothing will have changed for you. There's That's no right. reason to have any kind of ire drawn over the situation. Mm-hmm. You will never know. They will explain it within the movie. Even if he does keep the name from Barry, or from this Barry, from Grant Gustin. Even if he keeps it, I promise you, they will explain it within the movie in a way where you did not have to see that show. Mm-hmm. You could remain blissfully ignorant the entire time. So if, if, if you're getting mad about it, I would suggest that take a step back. Nothing's really changed. The thing that you don't like can exist by itself and the thing that you still like or that you do like has always and will continue to exist by itself. It's just that an amazing, to me, historically unrepresented thing happened on Mm -hmm. television. And now the people who enjoyed the television universe get this whole new thing that that they can be really happy about. Yeah. And, you know, I can can make it better for you. Mm -hmm. Okay. Not for you, because... Because I'm fine. You're rational. You're rational and you're fine. <laughs> Good. Um, uh, toxic uh, Snyderverse DCU fans who hate Joss Whedon's Justice League completely. You could just say that this happened as an offshoot of the Justice League. Ah, yeah. Canon it up. But not the Snyder Cut rendition. So we've yeah. already gotten a lapse in... in <laughs> we've already seen the multiverse in the DCEU. 
that's the other of. thing is there's already a <clears throat> there are already time discrepancies in the dcu as it stands this shouldn't change shit mm-hmm. like we still don't know what barry was up to when he came through and talked to like it's all her it's all but we don't know we still don't know exactly what that was doing i mean we do because of snyder but not not no on not in canon. canon i'm sorry snyder is no longer canon you gotta you gotta deal with the minutes that are on the screen snyder's media presence does not actually affect that as much as sometimes i wish it would right so i mean and that might change but you it know might. his plan we know what his plan was there was a plan anyway uh i enjoyed the hell out of it there there's uh i feel like it's fun because four years ago I think Miller was telling Josh Horowitz, he was like, oh, yeah, me and Grant, we're going to meet eye to eye one day. And <laughs> yeah, I do remember that. Not to say it. We're going to we're going to look at each other's <laughs> eye. And when we do, we'll know we'll know uh, a truth, a universal truth. What truth is that? I dare not say. And I, I do remember that now. And I remember <laughs> thinking like, oh, Ezra, you're like a puppy dog on five shots of espresso, man. I, I mean, I love you. I do. But pull it back. Yeah, I mean, it, it, you're dreaming. You're dreaming, buddy. Yeah. No. <clears throat> Not so. He was prognosticating. <laughs> I'm fine with that. He won. <laughs> I'm fine Touché. with that. So I, I mean, think we I, all won. Yeah, I, I think we all. I mean, it, it was a it was a glorious moment, and I do think genuinely, genuinely think like how many. It's already a, a, a minority of media where you have a TV mm-hmm. and a movie representation of the same character. That, yeah, that's already a very small set of you know all all the things you could wiki you know. And mm-hmm. and all of those things that are part of that subset that I can remember, to my knowledge, this is the only time that the TV universe has ever pulled in the movie universe in such a way. Yeah. I've never seen anything like this. I, and and to not to compare it to Marvel for any uh, illicit reasons, I'm just saying it hasn't happened there, and they've had plenty of chances to do it. <laughs> like the only, CW only... took their one shot and said, "We're making it happen." But I mean, I, yeah. It, well, I say that Warner Brothers apparently decided to make it happen. But mm-hmm. it's it, it, phenomenal to me. There is this would be the equivalent here. of like Spider-Man showing up in an episode of uh, Jessica Jones, which never happened. It never happened. I think it's closer. This is closer to the equivalent of Into the Spider-Verse, though. Yeah, which, given what we've seen the last couple of weeks, <laughs> maybe in the future. I don't know. Yeah, dude, I I love this. I love this so much, and I kind of felt like the Ezra scene was a little um, nonsensically placed, even so much that they like hung a lantern. And no, no, why? Because they had already wrapped. <laughs> and then WB was like, hey, can we do this? Like, oh, yeah. They just threw it in where they this? could. Yeah. Like, why, why the hell didn't you tell me this before? Oh, All right. Yeah, and but <laughs> surely you noticed this, uh, especially after I objected to the Lucifer scene, the Tom mm-hmm. Ellis scene. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was watching for this kind of thing. And I feel like they put in the shot where they're feeling each other's uniform mm-hmm. almost just for me to be like no douchebag <laughs> they were <laughs> they were in the same room i promise oh not only that they have released pictures of them like hugging and shit i know i've seen those too and they may be uh joyfully weepy yeah oh the one where they're hugging i actually placed it in our show art <laughs> like if you go onto facebook it is it is one of the slides on our cover art nice like that is uh, that is the perfect. I feel like that is the perfect picture uh, for what we stand for on this podcast. You can love it's the movies. You can love the yeah. TV shows. You can have both. <clears throat> These characters are capable of amazing things. Ride with that. Don't ride with the hate. Ride with the joy and the fucking universal possibilities. 
Yeah. And I love that this that oh god, dude. One crossover. We get John Wesley Ship sacrificing himself for the multiverse. We get Ezra Miller learning about the multiverse from our TV Barry Allen that we've spent these low these many years with. Yeah. Good seven dude. plus years. Also we Ben Affleck exists in the same multiverse as Adam West and Michael Keaton. <laughs> Just, oh my gosh, man. Kevin Conroy. I, uh, well, I will suggest this. Uh, in the same multiverse to some extent, but all of those were destroyed. And it's it's hard to say what was brought back because uh, the rest of, I, I think the rest of these shows seasons will tell us more about what is, what the current configuration is, mm-hmm. you know? As far as I know. But the best the I can only... tell, given the story, Oliver probably put most of that back. Yeah, I think I think like as far as if I can tell, it, it was just the CW shows that got merged: Black Lightning yeah. and the other Earth One shows and the Earth Thirty Eight. Yeah, according to like according to Guggenheim, um, that that same Variety article, uh, he mm-hmm. he wanted to make he said he wanted to make an Earth CW, but Earth Prime sounded better. I was like, I agree. That would that would be silly. Yeah, and. Also, according to him, that was always the goal of of the Crisis on Infinite Earths storyline, which they've been planning for years now. Mm-hmm. Now, the the interesting though, the interesting thing is, he says that the Smallville universe is back. It's fine. So I would there, and we know that Titans Earth is back. Swamp mm-hmm. Thing is back. We mm-hmm. all these different Earth Star Girls Earth Two now. Which now looking at Star Girl and knowing like, okay, we got Justice Society here. Is this going to be proper Earth Two as we remember it? Is this going to be like just an expansion of Earth 2 and it's going to be a little more like steampunk 40s inspired? That way it'll look more uh, natural to have the Justice Society there because that would be dope. It would. I just really want Jesse Quick and Harry Wells to be okay. Oh, yeah, me too. Yeah, that would be huge. Uh, (laughs) I would like a shout out, which we may get because there's going to be a 100 page crisis thing, which will really only be like. 40 pages worth of wrap up, but hopefully we get maybe something about mm-hmm. them. I mean, they were fan favorites on top of everything else. Um, yeah. It, in my mind though, when Oliver set everything back, we're still going to figure out what Ollie did, but mm-hmm. Oh, by the way, uh, when you brought up star girl, did you see people mentioning like, well, how is there an earth through star girl? I don't understand. Like, why well, you don't have to do that. You could have put the show in the current universe. It's going to air on the CW after all. Like, mm, no, there's already an earth. There's already a Stargirl in the universe. Mm-hmm. I saw plenty of people point this out. Um, I think some people just kind of forgot it because it was, you know, what was it there for three episodes, maybe? Yeah, it was Legends of Tomorrow, though. Yeah, but it was, I mean, yeah, the least viewed show. But yeah. <laughs> it's still, Stargirl has been represented before. I mean, the, to the do universe a new one and been... put her on Earth 2 makes sense to me. Yes, it does. But also, how much is retconned? Because now we've got a, we've got a Sarah and we've got a john jr mm-hmm. and pretty much that like, was we, awesome by the way yes absolutely to have her back after everything after watching diggle's pain and god that mm-hmm. actress ramsey's fantastic um oh, after this, watching dude, all the crisis. time he's been pissed that he was deprived a daughter to have him have her back was so much fun for me I actually I, I was I, that was one of the moments where i actually though. like i made that little whimper you know you do when you're about to maybe cry like the <laughs> it kind of <laughs> yeah it so yeah, that the, there is definitely room to where they could have revamped the past because they've obviously done that. Oh, there was some retconning. Um, so they didn't necessarily have to have all that 
uh, former Stargirl stuff going around. But yeah, I think it makes sense to make it Earth 2. And I, honestly, I would like to have a world set in Earth 2. And God, I really just hope we get Jesse and Harry back. Um, I would. And I don't mind them being over there at all. Um, I will say this that also because Doom Patrol and Titans are both the separate Earth now. Uh, they all were, all, always were. That was always the intention. Like, it was. But it's it's I guess it's more clear now. Um, and it makes sense because if you remember the backdoor pilot of Doom Patrol in season one doesn't mm-hmm, fit what we saw Titans. when we actually see Doom Patrol. That's right. This and makes that sense was, that they're separate now. That was supposedly always their plan. They were so the, the Doom Patrol was going to show up in the season one finale from a different universe. And uh, they even shot it. They just didn't show it to us. <laughs> <laughs> they, yeah, the finale, uh, the finale kind of went weird on the first season. Not, I mean, I liked it. Season. Oh, the second season? Was that the second season they were playing on that? No, it was the first season. I'm just saying the second season got weird too. Oh, yeah. Um, sorry. And the first season it got weird, but it got weird for different reasons. Long story short, just we, we reviewed it. We talked about it. But mm-hmm. um, I do like that those two are separate universes. And I also love that Earth 2 now being Stargirl, a show that's going to essentially put both feet in the DC Universe streaming service and the CW. Mm-hmm. I like it having it separate Earth because it kind of creates a bit of a stepping stone if things want to cross over. Like for me, they can show up in, in that place and it'll make a sense, a certain kind of sense where it doesn't have to be completely in the same way. Supergirl, you know, showed up because of that device that Cisco made her. Yeah. You have a, a, you have an in story mechanism if you want to use it. And I, you know, I'll admit, I, I didn't think they were going to merge the earths. I really didn't. I, I mean, but it, they've, di- I they've knew done they weren't going to go to one because there's no, there's just no fucking way. Well, yeah, a lot of people were saying like, oh, it's going to be all one Earth. I'm like, no, it's not going to do that. They're not going to do that at all. But if anything, I was afraid that they were going to completely undo it and just go back to normal. Yeah, that's what I was afraid of. This was a really, really nice compromise. I was very it proud was. of the writers and the producers and the everybody involved on that. That was a really I, good call. I liked the compromise. Uh, we're, so Superman's got two kids now. <laughs> yeah. I don't know how that works exactly, but well, it, it worked for Diggle. Whatever. Yeah. Um, I love that even Superman, being one of the Paragons who apparently knows both universes now, mm-hmm. was just surprised and then was like, dude, seriously? And just got excited and flew off to go see him. It's going to be an awkward <laughs> conversation. Mm-hmm. Man. Look, you know, I, I'll be honest, all right? that like I didn't follow the plot very well. Wait, hold on. I'm not right about that. I'm not right no, about what, that. But Tyler Oakland was not a Paragon. Why does he, he know both um, universes? Hmm. I don't know. I don't know. That's interesting. I, I hadn't so, considered that. Someone solved this for us. I didn't remember that he wasn't a paragon. He but is, it does. He's left does, behind when, yeah. well, when Nash reaches out for all the paragons, he is left behind and presumably destroyed. Yeah, but Crisis always had like certain characters who could remember stuff. Like Psycho Pirate wasn't, you know, wasn't a paragon, but he remembered everything. Yeah, it was only, it was one of my only qualms is they tease Psycho Pirate as, uh, and in Crisis, he is one of the things, like, he's one of the glue that binds uh, the multiverse together in a certain way, and they didn't really use him. I think they'll use him probably post-Crisis, like, because he'll... They be set him up compl- to be used. He'll be completely driven nuts now that the universes are merged and things aren't what they oh. were supposed to be. Wouldn't that be a fun bad guy, though? Someone mm-hmm. who remembers all the possible universes and has power over people's emotions would be an absolute wrecking ball. Like, that would be another crossover is just stopping him. Mm-hmm. But um You okay there, buddy? I don't know. <laughs> <You're right. laughs> yeah. Well, well, well bleh, what I was saying was um 
I didn't really follow the plot very well. It got a little dodgy for me. And I don't know if it was just my own excitement or if it was because it was, you know, comic book science <laughs> and a lot of like, oh, we're going to Speed Force now. Oh, this is... I really... in Oliver's head. And I th- except this is the Speed Force. I'm pretty sure... And I, I mean, I watched it a few times. I'm pretty sure, short of the thing that I just stumbled upon, that probably does have an explanation. I have to watch it again. Oh, no. Um, mm-hmm. I think it actually really did hold together. It was a, for what they were trying to do, this is another thing where I think the writers need a fucking pat on the back was this was, it, it was really crazy and a lot of moving parts and it, it really hangs together very well. I, I do really want to know why Ezra Miller's Earth lasted longer than all the others. There's no rhyme or reason to which Earths were going down at a certain time, as far as I could tell. I mean, there was no numerical reason. Well, I mean, even Barry was like, or our, you know, I say our Barry, but they're both our Barry, damn it. Mm-hmm. Um, Gustin was saying like, but there's no more multiverse. or There's no more, there's no more what? Don't do this to me, bro. By the way, I wanted to mention that. That was one of my favorite things uh, about the cross, or in this crossover, especially that scene, was when, because so many, so many CW haters are like, oh, I don't like the costumes. They just look like a bunch of assholes in cosplay. I love that Miller was like, oh, are you a cosplayer? Do you want a photo, bro? <laughs> that was so fantastic. I was like, oh. Yeah. Hang the lantern. Hang the lantern on it. The only thing to me that scene was missing, and I, I'm positive it was just a matter of them not having the, uh, it being like a stinger version of shooting a scene like just scrap together a crew we're gonna make this happen kind of thing mm-hmm. i part of me just a little bit wish they could have done like a little fast hand wave or something to prove they were with flashes that's yeah i don't think they needed to you don't need to meet a guy in that costume in this space because like first of all if you're if you're grant's version you're already in this space you're already you're already meeting this person who's comfortable in this space and that means that they are probably powered like you are Mm-hmm. And if you're Ezra, you're still getting used to your powers, but your, you know, your comfort level and instincts, I would assume, just cannoning mm-hmm. a little bit, but I would assume if you saw somebody in this form in the Speed Force like this, you would immediately think like, oh, they're one of me. I mean, I like the cosplay line, but I, I feel like once the puppy dog that is on and off screen Ezra Miller uh, kind of puts himself in the situation, like, no, I'm a, I'm a Flash. Really? Okay. New, new game. Yeah. I just loved his reaction. Like when they both said Barry Allen, he was like, how is that possible? Yeah, that was good. <laughs> uh, I told Victor this was possible. Oh, that was good too. A little quick shout out to another character. Yeah. Yeah. That was, oh, that was I, when I was watching it live the first time, I was beside myself because the scene just kept going on and I had to like, I had to package all that, put it away, mm-hmm. sit there, watch the next thing, try to focus on, okay, there's more of this. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't have, I mean, God, I wish I could have watched it in streaming because it's one of the luxuries is like you can watch a scene, uh, be completely taken by it, pause it afterward, kind of digest, go back, watch it again, enjoy it for different reasons. Like you can do that. And it's one of the real flaws of live TV that we in the streaming age are now seeing is a real flaw. I was like, no, I couldn't do that. I had to just move on emotionally. I just had to go mm-hmm. into the next scene. It, it, it hurt me a little bit because when I went back and actually was able to watch it and stream it and pause it and go back and everything i i and i enjoyed it in a different kind of way you know yeah by the way this the scene where they're both standing face to face like and this we get them in profile mm-hmm. um with the old flash suit uh in the background uh in between them uh grant gustin's hands are both down by his side and the way it's positioned 
I'm sure this was unintentional, but the way his, his uh, thumb and forefinger are, are positioned, it just looks like he's his suit is contouring to a big old flaccid dick hanging there. <laughs> and this is also a good reason we uh, should be afraid of the streaming age. Uh-huh. Because it gives you time to notice shit like that. I mean, you know. I'm not saying you're wrong. Oh, I'm not wrong. <laughs> I'm just saying. And it's funny as it is. Uh, not what they were going for, probably. No, no. They, there's no way they were going for Well, maybe. <laughs> yeah, I guess maybe, but nah. All right, when you guys are standing there, just... Grant, just can you move your hand right there? Yeah, why? Don't mm-hmm. worry about it. Mm-hmm. No reason. Yeah. No reason. <laughs> just one dude who's mad he got pulled back to work. Yeah, no reason. Just uh, if you could... Mm-hmm. Yeah, now I like the idea of that and being pulled back to work to do to have flaccid Dick Barry. <laughs> yeah, clearly what they would do. Oh, okay. Uh, have you sent me a photo of this? I think you. I have. I have sent you a photo of it now. <sighs> I mean, it's there. If you want to see it that way, those are just people with their hands at their sides, though. Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah, I don't think it's like that. Yeah, no, no. I'm gonna I'm gonna call this a you problem. <laughs> yeah, now that I've seen it, I'm just gonna diagnose this as a you problem. Don't do that, man. Yes and yes and Yeah, no. Yes Damn. and you need help. <laughs> <laughs> I probably do, yeah. Oh. Oh, speaking of, what looking at both their uh costumes I, I did love the nod to ezra saying like oh yours just looks so comfortable and the other one like oh you look so safe because one <laughs> does look more armored than the other and one does look more movable than the other yeah that's so breathable yeah yep all right um we should probably talk about any other thing that happened all right <clears throat> yes i know i know it's yeah. just so hard it's uh unlike barry's hand dick yeah yeah no it's it's difficult to move on after your uh context but mm-hmm. i'm gonna try anyway mm-hmm. that's right all right, so um, I liked Marnovu's origin story, and I love that once they like stop that from happening, anti monitor was like, "It's a multiverse." <laughs> the Marnovu just popped up. I don't no, know, bro. This is yeah. You stopped one thing out of an infinite possibility of things. Uh, I'm always gonna be here. Yeah, <laughs> felt like a Rick and Morty turn in a way. Mm-hmm. I like it. Yeah, that was that was fun. I laughed when he said it too. I was just. I was pleased with that. Now, I will be the first to admit, and I'm not complaining. I'm just saying. I've seen some people complain about this, and I felt the same way mm-hmm. in some regards. I do agree with them. Uh, Anti-monitor getting real big, especially with that like rock background and the daytime shot. They should have shot it at night or something. It would have made all the difference. But all the heroes fighting that giant, dude, it looked like Power Rangers. Like, for sure, look like Power. But I mean, I like Power Rangers. I used to watch Power Rangers all the time when I was growing up. Yeah, there's a lot of fun to be had there. It looked rough. The CGI could have been better. Um, and for me, if if this on you their know, budget it, though, it looked phenomenal. Absolutely. Now for me, it, it, like I'll bet this, if you gave that same group of people another million dollars to make it happen, it would look mm-hmm. phenomenal. Yeah, maybe. Um. For me, the, the Supergirl sacrifice scene where she was about to sacrifice herself like she's doing the thing from the comics and she's going to fly into the Anti-Monitor and 
Like they do this thing where she's like flying with one hand down by her side and one one hand out in front of her, and then like she looks determined and slowly brings the other hand up, and that was real cheesy to me. Like I just I was like that though that was a music and pacing problem for me, and it just didn't work. And uh, the uh, music and pacing to me were fine. The blocking though, I, I agree. It was it was a silly moment. Yeah, it was. It just wound up being a silly moment, compounded by the fact that it was just it was interrupted by Ray being silly as shit too. It didn't help. Didn't help trying so, to build the moment. Um. Yeah. Her her big sacrificing was cut off, and <laughs> I know that they were gonna weren't gonna kill her. They could have you know no, had her I mean, do something it, and then not die. You know. But, and for what it's worth, it like the homage, uh, the homage to the that. And by the way, the earlier scene where she's carrying. Uh, Superman Returns costume. Mm-hmm. They to me they both had the same benefits and the same problem. Mm-hmm. The the staging on both of them to me was a bit cheesy. I agree. What they were representing and giving homage to was okay. I appreciate what you're trying to do. Yeah, yeah, I I, I did too, man. Like, but I couldn't help but sit there and go like, has she just been like list listlessly carrying around that cape for like a month? It it was a weird moment. It really was, and like the way she was holding it, um, just just a pitch. Sorry, not trying to be that guy, but just a pitch. Mm-hmm. The way she was holding it, the way the way things were happening. If it was just her holding it and looking down at it for a few uh-huh. moments, I think I would have loved. I think I would liked it more. Yeah, but like her walking with it, just in that shape, like it was a really unnatural shape. Like that's the way Boy Scouts carry a, a flag when you're teaching them how to to do that. Like I've done right. that. You know what it reminded me of? It made me think of like any movie where, you know, they're trying to portray a woman as unhinged because she lost her baby as she's just walking around yeah, carrying like this blanket. Of that. Yeah. Yeah. That's what it felt like to me. Like A little bit. <laughs> if she just started, started like wafting back and forth, I'd been like, oh, she's cradling the Superman cape. I can see that a little bit. Um, going back to the thing, going back to the scene with the antimatter and the big fight. <laughs> uh, something I, I just, dearly loved about it mm-hmm. when the antimonitor is in regular size when he's uh it, just fighting off everybody like it i think the fight scene looked better there than it looked when it got grandiose you know when it got into mm-hmm. uh, uh, supersized portions right mm-hmm. but it, when it's regular sized and the fighting starts my, one of my favorite shots of the entire fight if not the entire episode at least was just sarah just circling him and eyeing him, uh, like looking for a looking for a weak spot, like mm-hmm. look, just just it to me it was the most fucking. This is where Sarah is now, kind of thing. Like imagine, and this is something they bring up in in part two is w- with Oliver gone and the worlds redefined like they are. Like she has a bit of mourning to do as far as like no, like it's a brand new world and there's all kinds of possibilities. But for her, she's a little sad that there was no one who really knew her when she was just a kid. Yeah, that that I really love that moment. Yeah, me too. That hit me harder than any of the actual Oliver dying stuff. Some of the Oliver dying really got to me, but that was that consequence along with the Diggle and her conversation where they finally accept it and they just have a hug, you know, have to hug about it. Like the Mm the the repercussions of his death hit a lot of ways, and that was one of the ones that really hit to me. Yeah, too was just she. She is just this person now, and there's no one who even, like, sh- her memories of this person that she used to be that would go to, you know, the verdant, if it were a thing, when she was alive. Mm-hmm. Those are just gone now. 
and that's just a memory she has. Like if she ever forgot that existed, it would not exist, you know, practically in the universe. Yeah. I, I, I kind of appreciated that on an existential level, but I mean, that I juxtaposed to her circling the fucking end of existence with a staff looking for a goddamn vulnerable point. I thought like, God damn, this bitch has come, come along. Uh-huh. And the fact that on top of that, like her circling and she's got this really good moment where they, they shot her just right, man. It, she nailed it. Mm-hmm. And then on top of that, the monitor sees her circling and looks a little bit worried that she's getting to his side and she, he can't see her anymore. Uh-huh. <laughs> I was like, this is just fucking, this is, this is it. This is where this character was supposed to be the entire time. I'm so glad we got here and I'm so glad we got to see everything that came along. Yeah. Loved it. One of my favorite moments of the whole thing. Now, let me, let me ask you how how did how did oliver's well first how did how did you have failed this universe sit with you because <laughs> it was inevitable i it felt like they had, had to, to say be it there it had to be there but i cringed so hard when he said it i didn't cringe. I, don't, I don't know what because i knew it was coming you know it's one of those things where it was like it didn't like it didn't hit well for me somehow it was just like uh... <laughs> no i didn't i I get how you could, and anyone who did, I I, mm-hmm. I get it. For me, though, it was like, no, that had to be there. This is good. Okay. I mean, for me, it was like one plus X equals two. Yeah, I mean, it was. it's one of those things where it was like, I knew it had to be there, but I didn't want it there necessarily, or I wanted it. I don't know how it would have should have been said differently. You know, I can't fault it because I, I can't They have to use his a better tagline. Thing. They have to. I don't think there's some version of this where I would I mean, if it had never been mentioned, I guess maybe, but- you have to. You just have to. I think by default, yeah. that line has to be there. And yeah, Amel did as good a fucking job as anyone's ever going to do with that line in that context. It, it was... Mm-hmm. I did not have a single problem with his his version of it. I'll tell you what aggravated me, though, for, for real, mm-hmm. that he died as Spectre. Oh, you wanted to, like, go back for a second? I No, I wanted him to stay Spectre and just be like, hey, I'm going to be off in the cosmos. We're doing whatever. I'll be here, though. So that Amel could like pop back in from time to time when he felt like it. Well, he, if he felt like it, according to uh, Schechter, I think her name's Sarah Schechter, right? Yeah. Uh, according to her, he will be back from time to time, according to Oliver's whim, or not Oliver, Stephen Amel's whim. Yeah, I just don't. I I was left a little confused. Did he actually die a Spectre? Is he still the Spectre somehow? Is because. Wait, what exactly is is canon now? Because season seven finale of Arrow uh, didn't happen. It couldn't happen, at least not the future stuff. Because the future is going to be, as we've seen in for previews for uh, Green Arrow and the Canaries, well, the future yes is different no. now. But yeah, my main concern though is that the last the seventh the se- season seven episode uh, finale of of Arrow, like those kids didn't grow up in that future. Their future is going to be completely different. And they've said that. Yeah. Like as now, far as we know, Mia it will be a queen. Be she, yeah, she's in Queen Manor, et cetera, yeah. et cetera. She grew up rich. Uh, Star City's different. So does Felicity still go into a portal with the Monitor to finally go be with Oliver? Where is she going? Is she going to the Speed Force? Is she going to a separate universe, a pocket there's, universe? Where, there's what a little happening? bit of comic that's going to help us with that. <laughs> but... Well, two things. One, when the Spectre dies as a result of battling the Anti-Monitor. Mm-hmm. Um, you remember in the actual Crisis event, I mean, the Spectre basically has like an arm wrestling match with the force of Antimatter itself, and he can barely hold on. Mm-hmm. I mean, he just barely. 
It's he's still a product of matter. I mean, literally godlike force as he is, he's still just part of this universe, and it's another mm-hmm. entire universe trying to hold him down. So the fact that he dies as a result of that, I was fine with. I mean, and the Oliver's character getting to that point was, I was so happy with it. Um, that was a great choice. I was, and it's one they've apparently been working toward or yeah. knew was in mind for some time, and I, uh, I completely applaud that decision. The where it leaves the future versions that we've seen, it doesn't necessarily have to exclude them. I think that we're just gonna have to, we're just gonna have to watch and see what the show's reveal is still canon in this new universe. I am very interested to find that out. Oh yeah, no, I'm I'm gonna be watching the next few episodes of every show with. A much keener eye than I think I normally would. Mm-hmm. And I mean, hopefully I, it won't be like that thing with like post flashpoint when we find out that whatever his name was. I don't even remember his name. That's just how sad that is. Hartley, whatever his name was, that he was a bad guy. And then post flashpoint, he was a good guy still and like part of the team. And they mentioned it and then he never showed up again. Uh, the, uh, <laughs> the dude with the sound powers. Yes. Yes. Um, oh, it's going to kill me. But I liked him. I liked that guy. I, liked I did. That I liked that actor. I like the we, character. And then we found out Echo? that post, I don't know, but post, yeah. post, post flashpoint, me. we found out that he was actually like, he was still part of the team and he kind of like helped out from time to time. And man, we've never heard from him again. Speaking of Luthor. What of him? Thoughts? He was fine. <laughs> what, 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 well, what, there, what are your were, thoughts specifically that sorry. I should be reacting to? <laughs> Let me give you a couple of questions. Um, right. We're going to do a mini interview. All right. So uh-huh. I assume you enjoyed John Cryer's performance. Yes. I, uh, we initially both both decried the fact that he was a gimmick hire and then after actually seeing him in action went nope 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 we're good we're good we're good this works this works yeah he got a huge play in the uh, 100 100 page event that was uh the the little like crisis (laughs) comic Mm -hmm. book thing Mm -hmm. and really used his voice like they did a great job with that but yeah i agree going into the final two episodes we see he has decided to supplant Superman from uh, Superman Returns. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I'll be damned if, if you didn't see a little character development. Mm, mayhap. I mean, yeah, he, yeah he, was a, he was a bit of a scamp up front. You know, Supergirl <laughs> trying to keep track of him. <clears throat> yeah, that was all fun. That was fun. Uh, That's exactly what I expected from him, though. And actually, one of my favorite scenes is when they decide to throw down, uh, Lex is like, no, I gave, some, I gave myself some upgrades. And they throw down. Like apparently him and Supergirl are on the same fighting playground right now. They're they're good. They're the same weight class. Yeah. And uh all this is happening with all this is happening behind and and the Paragon of Humanity is making amazing speeches and all that shit. But it, it I I enjoyed the turn they took with him. Now I'm curious though, when we get to the new universe and Supergirl is still just uh flabbergasted by the idea that he is a good guy now. And it literally owns the department that she works for. Mm-hmm. He winks at her. Mm-hmm. Thoughts? Um, I like it because it sets Lex and Supergirl much to the same place that Lex and Superman were for so long in the comics. And specifically, in my heart, Superman the Animated Series. Where Supergirl knows that Lex is a piece of shit, but the world thinks that he's a brilliant leader who is doing all the great things. For Lex, this is a reset. Like he says, this is a redo. He can do whatever the hell he wants and get away with it because the world doesn't know that he's a murdering psychopath. Um, <laughs> yeah. And the only people who do are her and him and, you know, John Jones. But, you know, what are they going to do? 
So him winking well, at her John is Jones just like says like I know it's a lot to accept, but things have changed. He even hints to the idea that no, I I understand where you're coming from, but Luthor on this place in this place is a Nobel Prize winning individual oh, for yeah. the right reasons. I they set us up to believe that he really did make a change. Oh, I disagree. I I feel like Jean was saying like I understand this is hard to accept, but in this place right now. People believe he is this guy. and <laughs> But here's your new landscape. Deal but with here, it. Yeah, this is what you have to deal with. Yeah, he, We know he's not. And he knows he's not. That's why he winks at her. Like, yeah, that's right. Look at me now. <laughs> See, I wondered, though. I wondered. Because they hint. You may be right. They, they I, 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 I could see it both ways. <laughs> but they do hint. And frankly, he's so good at playing evil that I don't think they're going to make him you know, they're not, they've done this recently in the comics that like Les, Lex Luthor in the last uh, three years was fighting side by side in his exosuit with Superman. Mm-hmm. And some shit has gone down. And long story short, that's not happening no more. Mm-hmm. Um, he's sided with the new uh, <laughs> uh, eternal spring force called Doom. And uh, it's gotten real dark. It's gotten real dark. Mm-hmm. There's some there's some light shining through because these are comics and the good guys eventually do win normally, but it's gotten real bad. Yeah. So I liked I liked the idea that they were going to reset that. I liked the idea that Lex and Lena were defending Supergirl to the president from time to time. Yeah. I enjoy this nuance I think far more than I was going to enjoy. I, like, I'm desperately hoping that the Lena Supergirl slash Kara thing is over. Going Me forward. too. And that. I think it would be great if they were back to being best friends. And then he's, but she's got to like keep this big secret that Lex is evil from from Lena. Like it recess it all. That's hilarious to me. That would be fine. I, I I could deal with that. I would also like the idea that because Lena in the universe before is technically actually smarter than Lex. They they made mm-hmm. a point to to say that. I would love love the idea that Lena figured out there was a reset and is kind of mad about it. Mm-hmm. That'd be cool too. And then she confronts Lex. In my version, she confronts Lex and was like, uh, well, you're right. <laughs> and because it's Lex in this in this universe, has like a, a little escape chute to the side. He's like, mm-hmm. Let me just go in here, I'll grab something, I'll show you, and then he just jettisons into space away from anything that's gonna happen. <laughs> oh. I can explain everything. It's okay. Let me just grab this real Yeah. Oh gosh, man! Where'd he go? To another sitcom. All right, we we have to talk about the fact that Lynn Stewart is in the same universe with John Diggle now. Wait, Lynn Stewart? Who? Uh... That's uh, Black Lightning's wife. Oh! In the comics, John Stewart and Lynn Stewart are brother and sister. Oh! And as you'll recall, Diggle's stepfather's name is General Roy Stewart. Okay. Yeah, you're right. And as you'll you may know. Greg Berlanti and HBO Max are, are developing a Green Lantern series. So, question I had for you on that. I was initially excited because at the end, one of the uh, the outro scenes is Earth, I forget which Earth, 11, I want to say. Mm. Um, yeah, 2011. I think it was Earth 11. Uh, it had a Green Lantern Corps. That's right. That was specifically the Ryan Reynolds universe because it yeah, was exactly. Earth 2011, Earth, Earth 11, yeah. So they brought in that as another universe. Uh-huh. So I wondered, because we are getting, and Greg Berlanti's heading the ship. I have no reason to think he's not going to try to include this. We're getting an HBO show. Mm -hmm. Now, that's not too weird, because HBO is taking over the Warner Brothers streaming thing 
I th- I mean, I think business-wise, that's where we're going. Yeah, it's HBO Max. It's the Warner Brothers streaming service. It's just, yeah. H- people know what HBO is more than Warner Brothers. Exactly. And I think people know what HBO is far more than they know what DC Universe or CW is. And, and the, the idea of those two streaming services getting brought into it mm-hmm. is far from far-fetched. Right. So it may be a situation where eventually you're going to be able to stream all these things on the same, uh, like on the stream service, same service. And if you can stream them on the same service, it's hard not to recognize that there are so many, uh, so many things that are like each other, mm-hmm. especially going forward where apparently there's an aim to get more connectivity and a little more crossover just from time to time. Mm-hmm. So you got to wonder, like, is the Green Lantern 2011 or Earth 11 thing? going to play into a, a, the Green Lantern show and to what extent. And then you also have to wonder, because I still firmly believe they have the idea that Diggle gets a ring in mind. Mm-hmm. Where, where we may see that. Or if. But, man, I think it's more of a win than if. I don't know. Hopefully, uh, the Green Lantern show will focus on John Diggle. Uh Maybe even his name isn't Diggle here. Maybe his name is Stuart, for real. Now, they haven't addressed that. You could do it. It was still another Earth. It, yeah, Earth Prime is another Earth. And I genuinely, I, I have no reason to believe David Ramsey couldn't carry a show on HBO. He absolutely could. Absolutely could. Uh, Dude reports, looks fantastic, and his acting prowess is fantastic. Yeah, like, there's yeah. no reason he's disqualified. Recent reports would suggest that uh, the Green Lantern series will be following to Earth green lanterns mm-hmm. uh so uh yeah let's let's do let's do john let's i say let's do it i i would love to see that my two favorites are john and kyle so that's where i have my fingers crossed yeah yeah i mean i don't necessarily need to ever go back to earth 11 as they call it but um still a great shout out it is fine shout out it's a wonderful thing to see green lanterns on on screen mm-hmm. um yeah Hell, with the symbol and broad display on the mm-hmm left side like it was this was not a mistaken rep this was not like a a jordan bomber jacket in, in a bar somewhere we are way past that yeah way past someone asking uh diggle where's your ring we're no so uh, i'm i'm excited to see what that's gonna what that's gonna be but for real though like david ramsey could just hole up for a season on black lightning oh yeah he could <laughs> and he would be a huge asset to him and you know now that you brought up black, black lightning that was easily one of the funniest bits in the entire thing when they're they're <sighs> forming the, the the super friends or the justice league whatever you want to call it because it kind of borders on both you know mm-hmm. um by the way when i was seeing the team form like not to mention i just it was an emotional few minutes like between watching all the universes and seeing what they've got what is still in canon what's part of a universe to some extent what you know just a whole new world of possibilities being opened in my mind where i was just making squealy sounds the entire time mm-hmm. on top of all that to actually see a round table and the the emblazoned logos on the backs of chairs mm-hmm. and a little bit uh, and you know a lot of feels watching the the arrow the just the the little uh ceremony we'll call mm-hmm. it with the eternal flame and his costume and everything like that and then just moving over to you know the show within the show moving on from i know this is where we started and we'll always we'll always respect that and then just going into a whole new brand a whole new idea that all these people are still are are now together and there's a version of the hall of justice where they can meet 
And all of these yeah. shows are possible. And the line that I'm sure we're, we were both super excited about, like, well, how often does the world end? Oh, it's like that. Yep. <laughs> and then Kate Kane. Don't worry, I was the newbie last year. <laughs> like, that was, yep. That was, that was fantastic. I, I really just, God, I want to shake that writer's hand one day. <laughs> Whoever or whomever or however many ever wrote those couple of lines. The editing was perfect there. Like Fantastic. everyone's re- everyone's reactions were on point. Oh like, yeah, they're like, oh, do you want to tell them? Do you want to tell them? <laughs> what are we needing for? Oh oh god, that's so good. Oh, it was Jeff- like that. Oh. I love Jefferson's. Just like oh, it's like that. And then he still sits down. He, he's not afraid. Ah, dude, dude is the hope of Freeland, man. He fucking sits down at that table. Like all right, cool, new gang. Apparently this shit's going to get weird from time to time. Got two super people. Got a Batwoman. Got a guy who can move through time, space, and dimensions, who's apparently, apparently, by the way, we didn't address this, been fully unlocked. Mm -hmm. Love that little mention. It was one of the the great spots, too, where, like, essentially Flash just said, like, did you just boot me? No, No, I unlocked your full potential. Oh, God. Some of the stuff yeah. that happened. It it it's gonna take us hours to decompress everything that happened. Uh huh. Uh huh. I'd forgotten that. Oh, it was good. I saw some people mad that Barry got uh, Oliver's mask. Why? I don't know. I guess they thought that Felicity deserved it or something. But um, Brent from Fans Without Borders was actually responding to someone that that was t- complaining about that, and was like, "You do remember who gave him that mask originally, right?" Right. Yeah, Barry needs to have it. You know what was uh I, God the 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 Oliver thing was just like such a a roller coaster for me because it was like the, when he first died and it was unforeseen I was like oh and like it hit me and then like the second time he died it just didn't really feel it, it didn't feel real I guess because of you know stuff with Arrow like Arrow's not over yet so I'm like uh, yeah okay what's gonna happen well and at the time he was literally rewriting the multiverse because yeah. he had that power. And then uh, it was Sarah's bit really got me, but um, man, that the president giving that speech was awful. That the, whoever was do, playing the president was just not very good to me. Yeah, it, it didn't hit me. It was just what like, hit me ugh. more was the people watching the speech. Yeah, that that kind of yeah, got I did to it me. In the same universe now, like it's Alex, Kara, and Kate just chilling on a couch watching mm-hmm. something. I, I I like the idea of them having girls' night. That when she's in town, Sarah will show up. That's fantastic. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I, there's so much possibility now that, that there wasn't before. Yep. Oh, um, but yeah, the uh, Oliver's chair got me. Oh, for, for the sure. fact that it's just empty, perfunctorily yes. empty. Yes. Yeah. yeah, that that stung me. You know those moments where, and there were several, there were, this was a very, God, this was good. But there are several moments where, genuinely my test my like my sorry my chest tightened uh that was one of those i it had mm-hmm. a, i had a physical reaction to seeing that chair being empty yeah i mean we'll get there uh, he he handed this over to mia i think for a reason but we also have to see where uh all of them exist in in the whole canon mm-hmm. like so, even um, if they're in the same earth they may be secret we mm-hmm. we have to work that out all right uh gleek how do you feel about gleek you saw what Guggenheim said, right? <laughs> they, 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 they just knew that they wanted to end it on something like that. They yeah. didn't actually have a real plan for Gleek necessarily. Yeah, um, I, I like the idea that he's out there because it could also be, it, it, like, he could be kind of a, kind of a bad if you want him to. 
But it could also just be something where when they revisit the Hall of Justice, there's just this this comedy timing beat of nuisance running around, causing a little bit of havoc. No big yeah. deal. Uh, our, our buddy Scott Madison on Facebook was talking about like, so let me get this straight. For the past six years, Gleek has just been hanging out in this abandoned Star Labs warehouse. It's <laughs> locked in a cage. I'm like, no, 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 no. We rewrote no, the universe. He's been running around. Uh, he's been running haphazard for six years because <laughs> time still happened. Mm-hmm. So he's been running around haphazard in a in an abandoned Star Labs uh, <laughs> facility. We don't know. How, I don't know how he got the banana though, because they had what was very clearly a freshly eaten banana laying there. Oh, you know what it reminds me of? Community. And his boobs. Yeah. And his boobs. Exactly. Like, may just be a side gag for a while, and then you're going to have some incredible bottle episode about it. <laughs> that makes the whole thing worth it. Yeah. And, and I, this is not to mention that we have weirdness like that happening, and you also have Mr. Uh, Mixus Bitlick. Mixus Bitlick, yeah. I think I said that right. Uh being played at this this go around by Thomas mm-hmm. Lennon. Mm-hmm. F- fucking goddamn yes. Um, uh, I've now I've heard they're gonna like scale back on the on the crossovers. So could we just have could we build to a bottle episode where like they are it's like going between like different like shifts at the watchtower and we have like Black Lightning hanging out for a minute and he's trying to track down Gleek and can't. And then, like, gives up when his shift is over. And then we'll see Supergirl on a different day trying to figure... <laughs> <laughs> Maybe, like, instead of, like, giving Gleek the power to, like, create a bucket. Yeah. Like they did in the old days. Like, maybe he can teleport. Maybe that's why it's so damn hard to find him. And it would explain I, why I he can what they'll go do get bananas with it, and stuff. Exactly. Like, I think they're going to scale down on the crossover because I think you have to. I, mm-hmm. Surely. I mean, this For took years to develop. You can't... They're not going to up this next year. That's that's not gonna no. happen. Nah. We're not gonna get the bigger, better version of this next year. This this was, dude. This was the payload. This was the cum shot. That, that's it. And this was a lot to take on. Yeah. And so, Guggenheim even said, like, look, Marvel did Endgame. They're not doing Endgame two next year. No, exactly, mm-hmm. exactly. So gotta build scaling up to back again. on those is good, but I think they also developed the idea to be able to just say, like, hey, while you're in Vancouver, we've blocked off two hours to go over to this set. And knock mm. this out real quick. So I think we're going to get more low-key moments no, as Marvel. opposed to the big thing. I think it's going to be a little bit better than Marvel in a certain way. Like, you remember a couple of years ago when... It was a uh, low-key joke. I'm sorry. Oh, God. Okay, sorry. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm hearing it now, and uh-huh. good on you. Yeah, I tried. <laughs> you remember a couple of years ago, though, where like they needed to steal something out of, uh, out of a desk? I can't remember if it was the mayor's or... The chief's desk. They needed to steal something off like a desk. And uh-huh. all you saw was a little red blur for a second. Mm-hmm. But it was, you know, Oliver had called Barry and said, hey, I'm going to distract him for a second. I need you to grab this for me. Uh-huh. I think we may get more of that going forward. I hope so. Which is cool. The connectivity is fantastic. I mean, it could be easily like it's a double edged sword. It could be really fun and, and be great. And then all also it could just be like patching up plot holes and stuff like laziness you know like how the hell did you get over here i just called car okay (laughs) you know what i mean it could be like they could use they could use it as a as a filler a bit of glue um i'm hoping there's gonna be a lot of stuff like when somebody asks like well it's magic can't you call constantine he's in hell what i mean no i mean he's literally in hell Mm -hmm. I, i i i hope there's gonna be something like that i mean 
<laughs> I do love this. Uh, we're not going to get an interconnected series of events going forward in both shows or all of the shows. I mean, you're not going to get something where you watch one show on Tuesday night and Wednesday night, the show references the show on Tuesday night. Mm-hmm. That's not happening. You're If they reference each other, it's going to be, uh, it's going to be in passing and it's going to be not time related. Mm-hmm. It's because it's hard to mount otherwise. Like there's, there's no version of events where they were going to build up to this and then still be able to build going forward. Every set of writers and every set of show directors getting with each other about, well, this character's here now and this character's mm-hmm. here now and everything like that. It's just, that's, it's not even a pipe dream. Write it off. Never going to happen. Yeah. Did what you, you are going to get, hopefully, is some meaningful crossovers here and there. Did you notice that Central City and National City are right across the pond from each other now? I didn't, but that's good. It's like you've literally got like Weather oh, Witch yeah. over there yeah. and then like Barry comes yeah. over to grab her. And I like, Sorry, that's one of mine now. Yeah. That's one of mine. One of, that's one of mine. Sorry. Yeah. Just, just a quick stroll over some water. My bad. My bad. My bad. Like, hmm, that's problematic. You're going to have a lot of explaining to do when Supergirl doesn't show up every week on Flash to help him with Geomancer 2.0. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder you know, what 2.0 I, would be. I, I give Geomancer a lot of shit, but he's really like the first bad guy I always think of. Like, that dude left, left an impression on me. Like, I have It's not a good memories. impression, and I uh, no. wish that was different for you. I have, fond, I have fond memories of people like Captain Cold, Mirror Master, but... Geomancer, when someone asks me, Flash Villain, it's the first one to come, with, come up with. He didn't leave an impression on you. He scarred you. <laughs> there is a difference. I mean, Geomancer 2.0, you realize, would just be close-up David Attenborough-esque Planet Earth footage of a fucking earthworm. That would be an improvement on the character, as we've seen in Flash. Yeah. All right. You got anything else, man? I'm sure so much more. I'm sure. But oh, I've, two, I, two quick things. Uh-huh. I know they tried to get Segel, and they just couldn't make it work. Mm-hmm. So I, I thought the two franchises that were possible and that didn't and that didn't happen were Krypton and Gotham. Mm-hmm. And there was room for it because it's a multiverse and all that. Uh, Krypton, it would have been it would have been nice to see Segel. They actually tried, as far as I could tell, and it just they did. They weren't able to make it happen. I don't know if anyone reached out to anyone from Gotham. I'm sure they did. Probably. I will tell you, though, when I heard Gleek laughing for a second, I was like, am I going to get to see Cameron Modigan right now? Because, oh, <laughs> my God. And then they went to the, the, the Gleek thing. Okay. That's that's not happening. Uh, we'll, we're going to come back. We're, we'll, we'll talk more about all this stuff, guys. You know it. Mm-hmm. There's right. plenty more to chat about on that. Until next time, keep some DC on your screen. Our intro music is by Jason Goss and Michael Shackelford. Michael's band, Galactic Engineers of Magnetic Sounds, or GEMS, can be found on SoundCloud and Bandcamp. Visit DCOnScreen.com to find our Patreon, merch, contact information, and every episode of the show for free, including crossovers we've done with other podcasts. DC Onscreen is a maladjusted production. For more from me and Jason, including sketch comedy, vlogs, parodies, and our improvised web series Hey Guy, visit maladjusted.tv. Are you now adjusted? 
Better Banking is getting an unbelievable 0.99% APR rate on a home equity line of credit from First Commonwealth Bank to turn your bathroom into your, wow, I love this bathroom, bathroom. 0.99% introductory APR for six months that adjusts to a variable rate based on Wall Street Journal prime rate plus or minus a margin with a minimum rate of 2.99% and a maximum rate of 18%. Offer subject to change or withdrawal at any time. Call 1-800-711-2265 for details about credit costs and terms. Equal housing lender, First Commonwealth Bank, member FDIC. Better Banking is getting an unbelievable 0.99% APR rate on a home equity line of credit from First Commonwealth Bank to turn your bathroom into your, wow, I love this bathroom, bathroom. 0.99% introductory APR for six months that adjusts to a variable rate based on Wall Street Journal prime rate plus or minus a margin with a minimum rate of 2.99% and a maximum rate of 18%. Offer subject to change or withdrawal at any time. Call 1-800-711-2265 for details about credit costs and terms. Equal housing lender, First Commonwealth Bank, member FDIC.